Hello, it's, uh, New Year's Eve. I guess this is New Year's Day, 2021, first part of the year. Recording 2020. 2020 sucked, and I'm just like really glad to move on. I feel like 2021 is going to be like way fucking better. TJ, how do you feel? Um, I think it's definitely going to be better. I don't think it's going to. I mean, yeah, I think I'm actually very hopeful for 2020. What if I said? What if I just to throw a wrench in the plan here? What if I said it's going to be worse? Um, then I would probably. Move to Australia. I mean, after I'm I'm watching these videos of everyone celebrating New Year's Eve in their respective countries, and things to be seem to be pretty chill and normal in Australia right now. Yeah, I think I saw a live concert happening, like with fans. <laughs> with fans, <laughs> and I don't mean ceiling. I mean cheering. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't mean no ceiling fans. You're talking about uh, hundreds of hundreds of absolute shit cunts in the in the crowd. <laughs> going bunkers having a blast yeah um so we are here um where are we at right now we're in charles charleston charleston south carolina um one of arguably the arguably the best city in the south tj what do you think so far um i mean it doesn't take much to be the best city in the south i'm more of a miami man myself miami's not the south miami's florida that's its own country it's i would say more similar to cuba it is more similar to give is is it considered miami to not be part of the real south or is that is that just a is that just a blackism or is that like a real thing i think it's i don't know if it's a real thing uh but if i say it then it rings true but no i think it's more just miami's kind of so it is a blackism. miami's just kind of like its own thing it is it is but it is so but yeah yeah, it's not real south i'll tell you that um but i mean charles charleston is really nice i like it it's it's very you know the 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 houses the architecture the streets the way the city's all set up it's very cute and quaint it's just you know Mm -hmm. nice people walking around and everyone seems to be happy and in a good mood and white and they have all kinds of vineyard vines to wear it is it is a stinky town because of its proximity to the sea i told you uh, luckily, thank God for my four eyes. I saw some sick streetwear this morning at the local juice bar after I hit a high-low workout. Um, okay. Saw two fellas. It could have been me and TJ, actually, but mm-hmm. luckily, you know, I, I rubbed my glasses clean and realized it wasn't us. Um, <laughs> one fellow was wearing a, a, a Jerry Lorenzo Fear of God Essentials hoodie and a teal, and his buddy was Ooh. wearing a Cactus Jack hoodie with some air jordans and let me tell you something they're both white fraternity brother types none of that really surprises me at all right that doesn't surprise, no, it doesn't surprise you. me either or, are you surprised nice to see, to, see... Wear, to be honest it made me feel it gave me a warm it felt like a warm hug no that that happened to me when we were in the hotel in Asheville, and i saw you know some valet guy wearing some off-white shoes and i was like oh i needed that right now it happens everywhere, but I feel like the, I feel like you've leaned into your. You've been doing a southern accent for the last forty eight hours. That's improving. It's not great, but it's getting it's better. Improving. So I, feel like re- I feel like you've leaned into this more than not not more than I expected you to. About as much as I expected you to. Christopher, that sure is sweetie. We love accents. You know that on this podcast. Look, and, and I mean, just, to me, whenever I travel into a place, I just I like to do as they do. You know, and I. And instead of doing as they exactly do, I do as I think that they might do when that's usually far from correct often. Very interesting approach. Yeah, you know, if, if I if I, I think it's not that crazy to think that people just walk around and say hi to each other 
I think that's a normal thing. I mean, I do that a lot. You don't, I know you don't do that, but I say hi to strangers every day. All the time. Yeah, but the way you do it does feel like a troll. And some one of these old Southern guys could pull out a fucking Glock nine and put one in your foot. <laughs> I don't think it comes. I mean, I don't think it comes off as a troll. Maybe it's because they don't know you and they don't know that your life is trolling. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they have no they, reason to believe. You know, it's a victimless crime. They have no reason to believe that when I say morning, y'all. They. I mean, for all they know, it's just that's just me being a normal normal guy saying morning, y'all, to a, a, some passersby. That's true. I mean, speaking well, you know, let's get back to the major cities here because you know we're we've been we've been Charleston. We've had some great food. We've had some great times. But there's something that Jason needs to address with the audience. Oh, God damn it! Um, yeah, um, dinner at Fig last night was really good. It was. I, I wasn't expecting wasn't expecting it to be that great, but it really was that great. You didn't think it would be that good? I mean, like, I don't know. I'm always very skeptical when I'm, when I go to a restaurant and I'm like, I have moments where I'm like blown away. It doesn't come too often. So when it does, it's, it really does come kind of as a shock. Which dish blew you away last night? Um, I mean, I really, I think it may have been the, they were, they had a really impressive chicken liver mousse and that, um, yeah, that rice, rice dish with the, the smoked trout roe and the, the the raw fish with the with the lemon aioli that was that was a really special one too. I mean the whole the whole the whole fucking menu was pretty good except for the steak. Steak was a little bit of a dud under season. The, and those mashed potatoes fuck me up, fam. Well, mm. Jason told me something about it's mashed potatoes that mash. I didn't that I didn't know that if they taste that good in a restaurant, the reason you'll never be able to make them at home is because the amount of butter and um, cream to make them taste good is, is mm-hmm. staggering to the point where you couldn't do that to yourself if you if you saw it in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know it, those mashed potatoes were definitely sixty percent tater, forty percent butter, but that's okay. Yeah. So you were talking about before. Um, yeah, my man, uh, my man A Wang has been in the news lately. I don't know, I don't remember where I talked about it before, but I, he he also sexually assaulted me. So we were at we were at the greatest party of our lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy Mountain, mm-hmm. a, a special night we've talked about before, where Jason played the Jason played the Sex and the City theme song into the Smiths, and the whole room levitated, which we've talked about multiple times on other podcasts. But that night, Jason was wearing a mm-hmm. Boy Better Know T shirt. And some, I'm sure, mm-hmm. shorts, right? I was wearing, I was wearing some shorts. I was wearing a T-shirt that said "Boy Better Know." Not, you know, I was just supporting the 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 musicians and the the grime MC crew. Boy Better Know, and I thought it was a fitting tee to wear. And then, uh, you know, Wang climbed me like a tree. Did Wang? Did Wang put his hand down your pants, or was it just was it just an outside the pants grab? It was it was ninety percent outside the pants, ten percent trying to get he, he it was you hear me knocking will let me in and i i said no no alexander so the failing alexander wang and his beautiful skin and hair touched you inappropriately at the club but were you on drugs at the time no i was not on drugs i was okay. i was um i was drunk but i wasn't you were gone you were gone off the titas and were you smoking cigs maybe <laughs> yeah i was but i don't think i don't think smoking cigarettes would uh, impair my judgment that much no, this would never be. This isn't about you. This is about Alexander Wang. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't do anything wrong. I was just trying to understand Thank you. your Thank you for this. <laughs> your your state of mind at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. My state of mind was playful, and but also it was kind of interesting energy of like if you're you're a guy and you're in standing in the middle of a dance floor of like a very sexual gay club, 
you know, I'm not saying that I was asking for it, but I'm, I'm also saying, you know, it's not the strangest thing in the world if someone grabs my dick. Sometimes I feel that way if I'm like, if I'm like DJing at a gay club or if I'm just at a gay club dancing, enjoying myself of like, am I, am I pissing anyone off? Is it kind of like, uh, why are you here? Like in the middle of the dance floor, if you're not, if you're not gay, you know, it's kind of like, mm. You know, at least just let us have this thing. But gay, gay clubs are fun. I remember that night because no one looked at me twice. But, um, you know, I was just... Because whole... you thought you were undercover. I did look undercover, not in a cool, so sexy... So you, you don't, you don't, you've never appealed to, to gay men? Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't go that far, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I... Not to the point where they would be unable to keep their hands off of me in a public setting. That's for sure. Well, you know, different different strokes for different folks. But yeah, it was it was weird because when that happened, I think it's like a generational thing or an age thing or whatever. But like, you know, for, for me, I mean, I don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy or whatever. But for me, at the time when it happened, you know, like I'm, I'm like a, a, a giant, tall, grown adult man. And Alexander Wang is just like this squeaky little guy who's just like funny and being like, ah, like he's like a crazy personality, you know. So if he comes up to you, and he grabs my dick and, you know, like says flirtatious things to me. It doesn't really affect me that much. I'm just like, oh, that's funny. Like, whatever. You know, it's it's a crazy story. I'm, I'm not, it's not going to, like, I'll, it won't, it won't affect me or my mental health at all. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing. Everybody processes things differently. And I mean, I, I, I mean, some of the stories sound much worse than yours from what oh, I yeah, for I sure, for sure. deeply. But like, if he was, if he was literally drugging people, that is fucking dark. Yeah. Uh, that dark. And that, that, that's where it's like, that is like, also, how do you think you're going to get away with that when you're famous? Or maybe that's why you think you're going to get away with it? I mean, I think it's the same, you know, a similar pattern to all these people who are, you know, sexually abusing people and getting canceled for it is it's just like you've been doing it for so long and you're getting away with it and you just you have to keep pushing the boundary, keep pushing the boundary. And it's a little bit of that. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, because, you know, the getting away with something is also what you're getting off on. But the other part of it is, is like you, if you do it long enough, your behavior that your peers of your similar age group consider to be excusable or just like, Oh, that's just them being them. Or like, don't hang out that guy. He'll rape you. And then like, Oh, Oh, I hung out with him and he raped me. And he's like, "Yep, shouldn't have done that." I told you, like that type of stuff. If you if you do it long enough, your your generation will catch up with itself, and you will do it to you know a seventeen year old woke person who's going to be like, hey, "Wait a minute, this is like really bad and fucked up." And then everyone else is going to be like, "Yeah, I guess you're right. It is pretty bad and fucked up." Yeah, this up. isn't funny. This is like serious. But I mean, look, uh, we're here and we're podcasting, Jason. Um, I'm glad you made it out. I'm glad it didn't affect you too much. And to all the mm. people it did affect, fuck Alexander Wang. We ain't buying the ugly shit. No way. <laughs> um, I ain't even going to wear a tea by Alexander Wang. You know what I'm saying? Fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here. It ain't 2008 no more. Your time's up, loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's fuck Wang. So, I mean, I guess we don't have time to get into it now because we do have a guest, but I mean, yeah, we can talk to him about it too. Just, I just wanted to hear what 2021 brings for TJ and what he's trying to manifest in 2021. Besides getting the bag on Spotify, you can listen to your favorite podcast there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just getting the bag, I guess. You know, making. Same. I mean, what else matters, dude? Honestly. Well, you know what? Actually, one uh, one thing that I would like to do for 2021 is maybe stop smoking cigs. It ain't gonna happen, pussy. You love six. You love six too much, and it's cool for you. Don't give up on something that you love. I knew you were gonna be supportive like this. 
I just think that, look, man, you, you don't really take care of yourself that well, but you take care of yourself better than most smokers. That's very true. So you have that going for you. Not a hundred percent cold turkey, but maybe set some more boundaries and ground rules to keep uh, to keep it in check. Well, that's fine. I feel like you're already doing that. I feel like you're blasting less. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on this trip, I'm probably having like one a day at the most. I mean, all you're doing on this trip is eating the nastiest shit I've ever seen. That's and not then, true, Chris. Bro, the way you eat is is honestly eye opening to me. I should be fatter. I just didn't know people could do it. See, it's, it's weird because some people that we talk to, they're like, oh, it sounds like you have like an eating disorder. And then we talk to you <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, I've never like the way and the well, amount well, of food that you put down is alarming. So it, it confuses my, my little brain, Chris. Well, everybody's different. And I guess holiday TJ is going off a little more than yeah every day this is this is part of my this is part of my life philosophy you know you there's a time and a place for everything if you're on holiday you buy the ticket you take the ride you're gonna be like what what else am i gonna do in the south except for you know spend my money and time on seeking out different biscuits to eat like that's that's pretty much about it what else am i gonna do i guess that's a good point check out some monuments that have been torn down well, you didn't ask me to do that, or I would have done happily. Go to a NASCAR. Like, you know, there's nothing to do here. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and listen to that disrespect for my people and my culture, but it is time to... You you agree with that more than I do. Of course I do, bitch. That's why I don't live here. <laughs> Come on, family. Come on. That's why I got out. That's why I'm That's why I'm the South's favorite graduate, baby. I, I, I graduated summa cum laude, you mm-hmm, know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. from, from the South. And now I'm up spreading the good word in the in the coastal areas of the United States. Mm-hmm. You got a master's degree in being a city slicker, and now you're here. And you, you came back. They see me, and they say, there he is, the man who abandoned us to become a city slicker. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot a couple bullets at my feet. You make me goddamn sick. <laughs> you make me sick. Uh, we do have a guest today, um, known crooner, songwriter, producer, um, L.A. resident, uh, apparently chef and owner of a very expensive piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um Mayor Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Um, where where is he? Is he from the Yay area? Uh, no, I think he's from the Detroit area. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. You're absolutely right. I did know that. Thank the, you. A soul man of of the highest caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful voice. He's posting plaques that he's got with Future. So I need to get to the bottom of that personally. We need. Um, to, I think there's a possibility that he could be a recovering Def Jux daddy. He is. He's a recovering. I mean, he was. He literally might be signed to Stone's Throw as we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say it like like it's a bad thing, or like it's it's like a disease that somebody could have. I suffered from Def Jux, and I'm very glad I was able to get the <laughs> Def Jux Daddy vaccine. Um, it's very limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ask your doctor what you can do about listening to Def Jux. Well, luckily, I was able to get it before Run the Jewels. Thank God. So Oof. you know, yo, he said, "Run that vax, run that vax." <laughs> Run the Vax. Yeah, and also Killer Mike, you should change your name. It's just insensitive right now. He should change a lot of things, like not releasing music ever again. Um, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's give let's give Mayor a jingle in L.A. New Year's Eve, just chatting with a bud. So it looks like you're recording r- reporting to us live from the E News Studios. Is that is that yeah, true? It does. It does. <laughs> An exciting day at the Hawthorne household. Is this the yeah, new this, crib? Really. This is the new crib, man. Yeah. Okay, so you're in you're in what? Los Feliz? We're in the happy, yes. Los Feliz. Yeah, this really this really Feliz. this really this really does look like the damn E studios. This is fire. He's about to report on Brad Pitt. 
<laughs> it, look, it looked like a green screen. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like it looks like a green screen. Uh, and and what what's the fit here? Are you wearing a, a Versace robe or is that just a regular robe? This is a this is not Versace. This is some vintage thing I found in Japan. But mm. if man, I wish I could. I might like try to manufacture these or something because so many people have tried to like buy it off me. You're the only guy who's really dressed up this way for for this audio based medium, and I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate your, you know, your attention to detail, even when the only person it matters to is you. This is just the everyday, man. I I hate to break it to you guys, but um, <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, I, I like- hate to break it to you guys. <laughs> if I was just going to the grocery store, this would be it. I appreciate guys. Like, I I think I really appreciate when people commit like that. I've had a few friends in my life that like that's just what it is all the time, and I really appreciate it. But unfortunately. I don't mm-hmm. have that in in me, and I know Jason does either because he looks like a fucking bum every time I see him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. You know, he got yeah. his own style. I have my own style, Chris, and the way you said it right there, he's got his own style. Was a nice. Yeah. Uh, you let me down easy, and that's sweet of you for doing that. Thank you for that. I, well, look, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys like. To each his own, but mm-hmm. I don't own a pair of sweatpants, so... Do you not wear... So if you're chilling at home watching Netflix just on the couch, you're wearing real clothing. I'm wearing a, t- a full suit. No, you're no, not. No, no, I'm, you're wear- but you're wearing real clothing on the couch. I have comfortable clothing. I mean, <laughs> I have a lot of... I have ma- many pairs of pajamas that I will wear, but they're but they're not... Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get it twisted. It's pajama season around the house m- most days. Okay. Damn, what a great so you're you're kind of you know, you're working hard, but you're living a little bit of a retired lifestyle, it feels like. <laughs> We're trying. Man, I may as well be retired the way things are going with the music business. I'm pretty much retired. <laughs> hey, hey man, I know those don't talk about Spotify like that. You can listen to all your favorite artists and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and podcasts on Spotify. So don't do yeah, that. We're gonna get the we're we're in talks right now with Spotify to get a couple more um milli, millicents per stream. <laughs> right. <laughs> micro pennies, yeah, right. Your your micro pennies we're gonna we're gonna fight for you. No, but this is actually this is something I want to talk about because I know a handful of independent artists that tell me they make great money on on digital streaming platforms. But then I hear the the, the constant conversation, you know, in the mainstream media, lamestream media, mm. is that is is that <laughs> Spotify, you know, all all of them, Spotify, Apple, Title, whatever you want to choose, is basically just not paying anyone. So can you give us what is your experience been? Uh, as usual. With everything in the entertainment business, mm-hmm. that the way it's been for centuries is the labels make all of the money. You know this. Yeah. Yeah. And the artists get nothing. <laughs> and it's, that's just the way that it is. And, and by the way, I'm looking at your view in that microphone and <laughs> that robe. It looks like that you got a little something. So I just may, yeah, I, maybe yeah, you're yeah. signing better. Maybe you got a good lawyer. Maybe your deals are better. I don't. I don't even know what labels you're on, but it must be good. It must not be that bad. I made some good investments. Oh. <laughs> I got it. I will say, music did. Music did actually buy me my my first house that I had in Culver City. That was that was just like an absolutely amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can really, I can really say that music bought me a house. That is great. It wasn't like a super nice house, but it bought me a house. 
what era is this? Is this like OG Mare Hawthorne's like seven inch vinyl shaped like a heart era? <laughs> this was no. So it was slightly after that though. It was um really like after I dropped the second, it was after I signed to universal Republic and mm-hmm. got the big bag mm-hmm. advance. And my, you know, I signed with Sony ATV for publishing and, Oh, we love the big publishing deal, baby. That's what really greases the wheels. Yeah, you already that, know. I mean, publishing deals, that, that's what's paying for this view right here, for sure. It's, it's the publishing. Cause I, I'll, I will never make a penny off of any of those major label releases. Mm-hmm. I'll never, re- those, those accounts will n- never be recouped, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just happy to see you out at Culver. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, TJ. I appreciate that, man. That's what that's that's some LA growth, baby. You know what I'm saying? Do you are you liking Eastside life? It's a it's a transition for sure. Oh, it's a crazy, it's a wild transition for me. But this was definitely the right time to do it. Number one, because uh, we're just spending so much more time at home, and number two, because Culver is getting rough again <laughs> over there. I thought I thought Culver was like fully gentrified with guys like Jason going to Sweet Green on their lunch break. It, it was, it was, it really was, and it still it still is. I mean, you know, Amazon moved in offices over there, and I think uh, either HBO or Apple or somebody is putting the offices in. I yeah, mean, it's definitely turning into a a Sweet Green scene, which is a good thing. Yeah, we're pro sweet green over here for sure. You're goddamn right. <laughs> On this side, do you, do, so you, so you made you made a you made a little scratch though when you upgraded from Culver to Los Feliz. You you did it the right. You sold high. I sold high. Yeah, man. I just got I, you know just like with everything, it's all just luck. I mean, but no, I th- I think you you have you've had some some wise investments, and a lot of people I know who come into some money, you know, they either don't really invest it at all they don't they don't play the game whatsoever or they just they, you know they make some bad choices yeah i, but, I mean it, it is luck you you did a little i mean i don't know if, how much you want to talk about your investment portfolio on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> well i i'm pretty interested in it because me personally i just like to stack my guap and look at it but i know that i should be investing it more so i would love to get mayor hawthorne's investment tips i mean i was i'm a i'm a jew raised by Jew parents. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> they, yes, you know, my, my grandmother bought me, uh, you know, when I had my bar mitzvah or whatever, instead of giving me money, she gave me like some shares of Walmart stock. That's fire. Damn. Which is just, you know, like at the time, you're just like, what the hell is this, grandma? Like, I'm 13 <laughs> years old. Like, I, I want Nintendo games or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't buy no goddamn Jordans with this Walmart stock. Right, right. It's and I, I learned early. I was really, really fortunate to grow up in a household that like understood about investing, and and uh, that's definitely paid off. So, how much money did you make off of that that bar mitzvah Walmart stock? <laughs> uh, or do you, or do you still have it? I don't. I sold it a long time ago, but mm-hmm. I, it mostly because I just can't stand Walmart. I just didn't <laughs> want to be in. I I only invest in things that I like and use. Hey man, I absolutely hate Walmart. It makes me sick to my stomach when I go in there. I've actually never set foot inside a Walmart in my life. Good for you. Damn, that's that's very cool. That is very cool. I, I'm kind of proud of that. And even like a, especially since you're from Michigan. Yeah, right, that's a good point. Right. That's a good point. 
Right. Well, we didn't have one in Ann Arbor. So I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which Mm -hmm. is definitely like a, you know, a a very, very liberal college town. And we didn't have a Walmart. So that's a huge reason why I didn't go. I'll even, I made it a rule that my tour doesn't stop at Walmart. (laughs) You know, I, I, and you should see the look on the tour bus driver's face. They don't like that. And I tell him that he's, He's not allowed to stop at Walmart. That's like telling the tour bus driver he can't do meth to drive overnight, exactly, bro. You can't do that. Right. What did you say, you goddamn pussy city boy? <laughs> Yo, they are just like bewildered when I tell them that. But <laughs> I, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta stand for what you believe in. You know, I used to have that rule with McDonald's, but then, then my my current life partner. She likes getting loose with the fillet of fish sometimes. Really, really. Oh, that's interesting. The things that you do for love. I do a, I do an annual McRib nib, but that's that's all that's my the extent of my McDonald's McRib nib. Is the McRib? I've never had one, obviously, because I've been vegetarian for so long. But is that shit actually that good? Yeah, it's delicious. It's scientifically engineered to be absolutely <laughs> delicious. It is. It really is quite delicious. It's really it's amazingly delicious. I mean, I wouldn't go eating one. It's not. It's terrible for you, obviously. Mm-hmm. What would they, but why don't, do they purposely not add it to the permanent menu just to keep people excited? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think they've run, they've run the data and the statistical numbers that it, it works yeah. out better to do it this way. Um, you know, deprivation marketing. Right. The algorithm said to mm-hmm. <laughs> put it out every, you know, every whatever, 15 months or something like that is optimal. It's, it's great for me because it means I only have to go to McDonald's once every, 15 months or so. Well, speaking of food, I know we we were just installing the new some new cookware, some new yeah. some new kitchen equipment in the crib. Man, exciting, exciting day. We we have not had a range. So we've been living here in the new house for about a month now. So you're more of a Porsche guy? Oh, oh, a, a stove. Okay, I got it. I'm sorry. I was confused, guys. I was confused. Oh, I'm not no, a homeowner. I'm a, I'm not a homeowner. I'll just step back on this one. I don't have the Range Rover. That's why I can afford the house. <laughs> I see. I see. You do make smart investments. You're different than most I didn't, of these guys I, I didn't know in LA. Blow my money on the Range Rover. And also, <laughs> even though it's widely considered that investing in in restaurants and things like that is a terrible idea, you were able to do that and make a little bread. So, well, good on you. I did make a little bread. Yeah, I I got that, and that was another just like super random lucky thing. I well, I'm not a partner in any restaurants actually, but I do. I I invested in the bungalow early on. The bungalow, it's it's like a restaurant, bar, lounge, club kind of thing. Yeah, they do do some little taco food or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like where is this? Thing. Uh, the one that I'm a partner in is the one in Huntington Beach, actually. Mm-hmm. Where- is that's where TJ's from, right? Damn. He said, you know what? I'm putting my money on Huntington Beach. That's what I'm doing. I'm betting on Huntington. I'm definitely betting that they're going to be the first ones to reopen the bar. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like beachside lounge club. It's like it's like a, a chill club. It's very uh it's very California, and that's kind of why I was like, okay, I'll invest in it because it it wasn't like a trendy club that like a you know some kind of SBE thing that's going to mm-hmm. just change and you yeah you weren't you weren't going to drop fifty k into Story Vegas and then <laughs> yeah, it's exactly gonna, uh, you know, Calvin Harris is going to DJ there for three months and then it'll go out of business yeah it's like it California never goes out of style damn Ooh, this sounds like a this uh, this sounds like a damn Casamigos ad right now 
<laughs> you guys can have that uh Clooney, you can have that one i i want to invest in something just so i can give my homies a million dollars each and i don't even have 14 homies i'd want to give a million dollars to that's fucked up i don't have 14 homies <laughs> that was incredible the coolest thing of all time i mean honestly if you're that rich and then you get i mean that the, the casamigos money is free bands i mean you kind of have to give it away it's dirty money basically yeah I did my my other investment that I'm super proud of is um I just uh invested in a natural wine bar and shop in Manhattan called Peoples. Oh yeah, I know Peoples. Yeah, it's down the street from me. Pe- yeah, it's in the new Essex market. Yeah, and that's pretty popping, right? Peoples has I mean, man, I the the pandemic was pretty good for wine sales, <laughs> uh, for better or for worse. Yeah, so you really, you really did get lucky because a lot of, I mean, a lot of these investments, you know, there's not a ton of data that is going to be able to let you know if any of these are going to be surefire wins, you know? Yeah. I just, you know, I, I try to just invest in things that I believe in and that, you know, it sounds super corny, but that's, no. I mean, I think that's the way it should be. Otherwise, like, what's the point? Yeah, that's what I've always heard people say. Whereas, I mean, I just don't have the patience, the understanding, and I've always, I've always been told that or the money. Shut up, bitch! But I had, I had a great experience. Actually, I should ask you about this. I had a great experience this this year with um some investing in cards of the sports variety. Oh, I've I've heard this from from many of my friends that they've been killing, making a killing on sports. I don't cards. know anything about <laughs> sports, but my my husband, my, my cousin's husband, who I've obviously become friendly with over the years, is pretty deep in the game as like a dealer. And I basically just, you know, gave him money and saw like a 35, 40% return. And it was quick. That's wild, dude. That's like something that, I mean, I still have all of mine in a box somewhere. I've never, I never sold any of those, but But no, but the thing is, it's new cards. That's what's fucked up. Oh, they're new ones that are worth. So the old ones are still trash. No, I think, no, no, no. I think, I think those are worth money too, but I think the real game now is basically like buying buying a shitload of the new ones as soon as they come out getting them verified and like and, and and officially whatever signed off on is real or whatever and then selling them individually you know what I mean so you're basically wow. it's just like buying a key you break it down you cut it up you know you understand you understand. money on grams then you do kilos you know what i'm saying exactly exactly yeah. exactly, exactly but yeah so i'm 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 interested i'm trying to actually i flirted with the idea of starting a little fund for cards mm. you know what i mean getting getting a serious amount of money together and then throwing it throwing it to him and seeing what happens do you, but do you think that this card thing is like a bubble that's gonna pop because it seems like the reason why everyone is making a bunch of money doing it might be for not not nothing illegal is going on but it might be a little bit of unfair kind of in, no, insider trading i don't going on First of all, I love insider trading. I love insider, white collar crime. Insider baseball card trading. <laughs> yeah. You fucking narc. Yeah. No, it's uh I, I think it's mainly no, I think it's just it's it's been I mean, he's been doing this for a very long time. He's like got a lot of experience and it's he's been making a lot of money for a long time. So it's if it if it explodes now and dips a little bit, that's not a surprise. I think that that's any industry goes through those phases. But I mean it seems I like it because I don't know anything about it, which makes it more fun for me. Mm. It's truly like playing. It's like gambling or something else. I don't know how to do. Like I do not know anything about sports. I don't care about sports, but I like money. Yeah, I'll, the only thing I know about that is my my Ken Griffey Jr. rookie is still not worth anything. 
It's still you, you still get your little seven bucks for that on eBay. Don't worry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so now that you have had some success in the investment world, do you feel like people are coming out of the woodworks and hitting you up with a cold email of like, hey, let's get a coffee. I want to pick your brain about a about a project <laughs> I have coming up that you might. The investment opportunities are not exactly flooding my inbox. Well, they are now. We have a lot of powerful, powerful VCs and investment <laughs> types that listen to this podcast. So you better, you better get ready. Well, I'm out of money, so I, I, they're going to have to wait, I guess. Damn, you guys are, yeah, you're in the South, in the heartland of America. This is, this, huh? this is my home. Um, and I'm just giving TJ a little spin, you know, a little tour, uh, as a professional guide. How are you guys? Are you, are you surviving without Erewhon? No, it's not great. Um, for me, especially Jason will eat anything. Jason's eating Bojangles. Jason's eating chicken liver pate. I'm suffering as you can imagine as a, as a, a, a peckish eater. Are you not a Bojangles head being from down there? I don't eat meat and I don't eat unhealthily really. Oh, then yeah, that, that won't be anything for you then. Yeah. I know you're, we were talking about your range. We, we got sidetracked, but let's, we need to hear about the installation and what this oh, thing is. Cause I'm not man, familiar that- but Jason seemed to get a little chubby when you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Jason hasn't got that excited about anything I've told him in a long time. Yeah, I'm hard. Um, <laughs> I've been hard as a rock since about 11 a.m. when you said uh, we have to push this podcast back half an hour because I'm getting the the new range installed, and it ain't just it ain't a KitchenAid. It ain't the Kenmore. No, it's it's the the custom the custom white Bertazzoni, man. We've been we've been waiting a long time for this guy, and it it, it is. It has exceeded the expectations. I mean, this thing is really sexy. Bertazzoni. Okay, so Bertazzoni, the the all white. You got the Coke White range. We got the Coke White range. Yeah, we had to do it, man. And it just arrived today. It just showed up. There, it's it's still they're still uh, installing it as we speak. Damn the 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 people from the Genius Bar are installing it right now. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> from the Bertazzoni Bar. How are you gonna? Right. How are you gonna pop the cherry on this on this on the zone? Uh, my SO went to culinary school. Actually, she went to the Le Cordon Bleu. It's called LP, not SO. First of all, <laughs> all right. Don't you know. don't ruin our what our fuck, branding. What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Come on. I thought you listened to the show. <laughs> yeah, I. I I kind of, I don't know, something about significant other is so funny to me. <laughs> I agree. No, it, it it's a little, it's smoother than life partner, that's for sure. It's just so mundane and like, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's certainly a lot more poetic than saying life partner. She went to, so she went to Le Cordon Bleu mm-hmm. for, uh, R.I.P., for uh pastry. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. So she's, she's going to whip up. I don't know what what are you gonna what are you what's on the menu, babe? Cheesecake, damn blinis, and and some Hasselback potato gratin. How do you, how do you like that? That is a twisted menu. I, I'm curious how you get the potato to Hasselback and au gratin at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to hit that recipe offline. But it sounds like you've got a you got a keeper over there. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, no no complaints. In that Bro, are you a cook? Sure. Are you cooking also not just in the stew, but in the the kitchen? <laughs> I, I we're not just talking about the goddamn NPC, bro. Yeah, we're not. We're not. <laughs> yeah, put the eight oh eight down and pick up the spatula. Well, that goes without saying. Mm. Um, <laughs> go off. But, go off. <laughs> but uh, I've been. I don't. I really do like to cook. I'm not. I'm not 
I have no formal training of any kind mm-hmm. and I'm not like good at it, but I really do. I, the thing I do breakfast. I'm a big breakfast dude. Oh, really? Okay. What, what, what's our, what's our egg specialty over there? If you, if you, if I were to go to your hotel and order the eggs Hawthorne, what would it be? <laughs> as lame as it is, I've been doing a lot of avocado toast with the fried egg on top. Damn, you know what, bro? We were just talking about this, how yeah. we all love avocado toast, but ordering it in public is difficult. So doing it, it at home is a good solution. You just I think you just have to kind of have no shame about it and just go for it, right? I mean, yeah. It's universally loved. You're just a California boy at the end of the day. It's true. Yeah, I mean, so you're so you're a big breakfast guy. I really I really do love breakfast. We don't eat breakfast. Okay, then yeah, what do you what breakfast. do you do to keep the pounds down? I know your SO is whipping up these these pastries all day. <laughs> have you have you gained weight in the last number of years? No, dude, I can't. I'm I'm in, I'm so weird, man. I don't know what is wrong with me. I like can't. I'm so weird. I'm just so thin and beautiful. <laughs> I don't even have to fucking try. It sucks. Honestly, it's dude, random. Well, it's so random. So my girls got us on the intermittent fasting. Okay. And then what the fuck are you doing eating breakfast? And how the fuck are you eating breakfast? Yeah, we don't eat breakfast when we're fasting. This whole court is out of order. Well, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just can't do. I can't go without breakfast, man. I love breakfast so much. So we just do breakfast at like eleven. Oh, okay. And then we'll have like our the last meal at seven. Okay. The intermittent fast is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it really does work. Do you guys? You guys are doing that, right? We try not to eat. I try not to eat. I mean, I, I, I exercise fasted, but I have to have something after I exercise every morning or I'll just feel crazy. My manager has been on it for years and he's been, you know, extolling the virtues of the intermittent fast. And I've always been like, dude, you're too much of a breakfast head to ever even consider it. I, I mean, for me, it's always just like been a mathematical formula. Like, you know, if you want to lose weight, it's, eat less calories than you burn mm-hmm. and it's like really that simple yeah easier easier said than done i know it's i know i know it's not actually that simple but it is no it, no it, it distilled down to the fundamental facts that's right. what it is obviously you know easiest thing to learn one of the hardest things for every person in the world to do right right it is tough i mean especially for those of us who really really enjoy eating except for your your little thin ass you're up late in the lab. You got assistants bringing you fucking food from, from what's the spot, Jason, that he likes? You got Bossa, Bossa Nova. Nova. You got the, you got he's the, the LMFAO number three, uh, Bossa Nova. <laughs> you got the runner. You got the runner coming to the Bossa Nova. You da- you spill a damn milkshake on the NPC. Like, how do you do? I mean, I don't even know how you do it, fam. That's it's a, the musician lifestyle is not one that is conducive to health. I had to like stop doing the intermittent fasting though because I was like shedding pounds. It's crazy. I I I was like getting scary thin. Really? So now I I need to like bulk up. But I we did like in the beginning of the quarantine, we were like super good about working out. Same. I mean, we were working out. You got a little gym. You got a little gym. You got a little gym in the crib, or just yeah. I mean, just like uh, you know, a a area. Yeah, I mean, if you can call it that. You got the Peloton? No Peloton. Uh, some some weights. You got some TRX bands in the ceiling? Some weights. Some I have a jump rope which I never use. I mean, we have. We just we're doing. We were doing like class pass. Mm -hmm. Damn. Um, I mean, but we were really 
on it. And then when we moved it, everything just like stopped. Well, you know, the, the PPE, the PPE ran out. So you had to get back to work. You couldn't just be spending all Dude. day jumping rope and doing your little kettlebell swings. I mean, never mind. I'm talking about my life. I haven't lifted nary a weight in in a month or so. So it's that's that's part of my problem. Yeah, I, I, for for winter time when it chills down a little bit more, the sun ain't out. It's raining and stuff. I, I just always I always just work out less, put a few pounds on. Not me. I know, not you. Jason's seen it. We've been on the road for a week. I missed it. Tell him, Jason. I missed a day. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I got up at 5.30 a.m. to do Barry's boot camp because we had to leave at 6.15. It ain't nothing. It ain't. It just ain't. It hits different mm, over here. Yeah. It's just, just part of the lifestyle. Yeah. You, it you really know, is. You know that phrase of like, how do you know if your friend does CrossFit? Don't worry. They'll let you know. It's, it's, <laughs> they'll tell you. <laughs> same kind of vibe. Same kind of vibe. It is the same kind of vibe. And you know what? That's fine with me. It's all I have That's to talk fantastic. about. I'm fucking boring, dude. What do you want me to do? Well, what have you been in the lab, though? crafting the tunes during core are you feeling inspired during the core you're, you're holding up a little plaque on social media yeah we need the info on this plaque bro i, I, was oh, I got this my, my the the future one mm-hmm. yeah my, uh, yeah that shit went gold the um okay man. so you so you produced a song for rapper future rapper future yeah um and that shit went gold. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I can't, it's like absurd for me to even really take any credit for it. I basically, um, I, it's like my, my voice in the background and like the, it's totally filtered out. I mean, it's completely absurd. I, I should not be getting any credit. So they, for it so are you saying, are you saying that you were sampled or that you're, that was your contribution to the track? S- so my, my homie Jake one, who's like my, the other half of my disco, Mm-hmm. project tuxedo mm-hmm. he is also like a mega rap producer that has done beats for everybody in the world mm-hmm. uh, and he and i kind of did the sample and then Southside from made away mafia put the drums on it oh oh we know who Southside is don't don't look at these two white boys and think we don't know who south 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 yes <laughs> yeah so 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 you gave him you gave him the little you gave him the meat and he put it into two pieces of bread and next thing you know you got the gold on the wall yeah next thing you know yeah it just that's great that just showed up do you is that something that you're going to be doing more in the future no pun intended or is this a one-off fluke thing is this Southside? it was something actually i've been doing a lot more of it because it's really fun for me i love like you know because my my bag has always kind of been like the 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 old school soul mm-hmm. you know yeah you're you're a you're a deaf jux daddy at heart aren't you <laughs> i was never a huge deaf jux dude but okay. raucous for sure back mm-hmm. then <laughs> sure for sure I was a huge Jay Dilla dude coming from Detroit, and that was all. You know, we were always digging for all of his, trying to find all of his bizarro samples. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, like yeah, like my first records, I basically was making shit that I would want to sample to make a rap beat, mm-hmm. and then all all of a sudden had like a singing career, so that kind of took a back seat. But then you know, and yeah, now like when the quarantine hit, and I wasn't doing like sessions meeting up with other musicians and stuff mm-hmm. i kind of just would sit here you know i was just like depressed and 
you know, nothing was happening and mm. we couldn't, you know, we weren't going out anywhere and I like didn't feel like making anything. So I would sit and just make little like rap samples basically. And then, um, yeah, it's been, I've been doing a ton of that and it's been so, super so fun. So making a rap sample, that's just like the little, a little what, like a, like a 15 second loop of something. And then you just send those to Southside and he hits the Southside button and it turns into a 21 Savage song. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And then when you do that, then you just get you get like co-production credits on the song if it goes. Is that how it goes? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So I'll be I basically will make like the music. Right, right. And, yeah. and then, you know, I'll let one of the uh you know, one of the twenty year old mm-hmm. kids in Fruity Loops put the <laughs> put the drums and the and the boom on it and then mm-hmm. that's my way of like I can I can like participate in that, which is so dope. But it's kind of cool that everyone has kind of gotten smart of like I'm I'm good at you're you're good at doing this. I'm good at doing this, and we work together, and we can you know you can just make ten songs a day. Yeah, you really they. I mean that, and then then it just becomes that you know because you know Southside will literally make a beat out of every single thing that Jake ever sends him, and. You know, then future will rap on or whoever will rap. You know, they'll make a hundred songs in a month, and then mm-hmm. it's really just the the lottery. <laughs> What's the song? What's the song called that you got the plaque for? It's called "Looking Exotic," <laughs> <laughs> which is just yeah. Damn, that's that's really cool, and that's on the new future album. Is that the newest? No, one? no, that was on. Um, uh, it was on Hendrix. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. Okay, you've been was, in the lab with Southside and Future. Then it's been a minute. It was a couple of years ago, for sure. Yeah, and there and you can you can just do all of this without ever even meeting any of those people, right? I've never, yeah, I've never met any of those guys. <laughs> you've never met Southside or Future. I met Sizzle actually. We were in the studio. It was, oh my god, we were in, we were in the studio. I mean, it was the classic like um, unbelievable amount of weed smoke and bass, <laughs> and one of the dudes we found out like later one of the dudes at the end of the session like one of one of the entourage left uh, the heater on the desk and <laughs> you they mean, got you mean you mean the draco not like a a space you're not heater. talking about the dyson no i'm talking about yeah you're talking about the sticky yeah the the, <laughs> the thing you don't leave on the de- on the mixing console. Damn, he left. So he left the sticky on the mixing console and bounced. Like had to go. They were like banned from the studio for life. From that, they got a phone call so, and they're like, "You're in big trouble, Mister." Yeah, that was, they didn't they didn't like that around there around those parts. I'm surprised. I thought recording studios knew what fucking time it was, but maybe it's just different in Atlanta. You know, maybe I different. mean they they must know at this point. You know, if you're doing. Mm-hmm. You smoking? You smoking right. weed at, at the crib nowadays, Hawthorne? I haven't been. My girl doesn't really smoke that much, so I've I've have cut back a lot. But when <laughs> I get in like uh in my album mode, I will okay. I will partake. I've been do I did a I did a lot of a lot of mushrooms for the last record. Really? What's your preferred? Also, congratulations. Thank you. What is uh What is your preferred method of mushroom taking? We're doing chocolates, um, which is horrible for me because I'm allergic to cocoa. I have like a 
dumb Damn. cocoa allergy, which really sucks. And I have to just like pop a like a Zyrtec or something beforehand and prep and. Damn dog. But it, I love, I love the chocolate. I love the flavor of them. If you, I, I'll, I'll get you plugged up with just the capsules, so you don't have to pop your Zyrtec before. Okay. I know. I might have to start figuring out another way. Um, I you, but it really, I really do enjoy the these chocolates that I've been getting. So, like, it helps you unlock your musical creativity. It definitely does. I think so. I mean, I just—it's one of those things that I th- just think everybody should experience. Yeah, at uh, some point. Yeah, especially Chris. But uh, what are you? What are you doing? Doing for New Year's Eve tonight, Chief? What's What's the plan? What What What's what the move? Vintage Vuv? Are we popping? We're gonna pop a little natural sparkling something. I'm mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now that I'm a proud owner of a natural wine bar, you know, I have to get high on my own supply over here. So so you you're not going to go do anything. You're gonna stay at the crib with with Bay. We're gonna be at the crib. I'm gonna do a little well, yeah, that when this is gonna this is gonna air after New Year's Eve, right? So this is gonna air tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna, but you don't you New don't Year's have Day, to yeah. you don't have to do like a Zoom concert for Target or anything tonight is what I'm asking. I am doing not for Target. I wish. Oh my God. He's <laughs> like nah unfortunately fuck Walmart. Target forever. <laughs> Target for sure. I would take the bag from them any day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we are doing. Well, yeah, we will have done at this point. A, uh, I do my uh, wine and vinyl hour every. It's like a live stream I do every Thursday night mm-hmm. from six to seven Pacific. Uh, only on YouTube. Only on YouTube. Ugh. So wine. Yeah. Wine and vinyl. What what happens on this show? Out, out, outside of the obvious. I drink wine and I play vinyl and that's it. And that's all there is to it. And we talk a little shit and, um, it's like so unprofessional. Also, is, is somebody chopping something in the background or cutting something with scissors? Man, that's the, that's the new Bertazzoni over there firing up. Oh, they're, they're hitting they're that. Testing. Uh, they're hitting that. Damn, this mic is so good that you can, the, the thriller mic just really can't be beat. <laughs> well it must be nice to be a professional musician it, it's picking that up all the way from the, i mean we're i'm way across the house damn he just flexed you hear that jc he's like i'm way across i'm on the other end of the house guys. <laughs> they, shouldn't, they should not this house is fucking two miles long they should not be hearing that <laughs> i wanted to ask you because when i when when your first song was was it it just ain't gonna work out was that the first song if you can even call it a song it's like <laughs> it was like a wild just demo that has no bridge or anything. I mean, it was the first thing that that I ever recorded or wrote. It was the first song I ever wrote. That shit really, I don't remember where I heard it. I'm sure. I feel like somebody sent it to me maybe. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like this shit, there was nothing like it at the time. And I think that's obviously part of the reason it took hold, but did that leak or was it, was it like on MySpace or some shit? Uh, no, it was, it was like properly released. Uh, by, okay. Yeah, by Stones Throw Records. Shout out Stones Throw Records. And I'm not kidding. I do. I do have the vinyl. I'm not joking. Somebody gave me. I do own the heart shaped seven inch. No, oh, no tight. Cap. That's so no tight. Cap. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you. But so, so, but after that shit, kind of. I mean, that's where it all, that just took off because you were DJing before. It was a perfect storm of events. I mean, it was the dawn of Twitter. <laughs> mm. um which which at the time there was like it was cool to be like a celebrity on twitter and then it was really cool 
if you were like a celebrity on Twitter, it was really cool to like talk about what you liked. Yes. Or like just just plug things that you thought were cool, which nowadays people would never do unless they were getting paid. Right. Perfect. So they were just happy to share cool things. But early, yeah, in the dawn of Twitter, like my my song dropped, the first song I ever released, and I think I do think a big part of it, yeah, was that it was just so different from anything else that was out at the time. Mm-hmm. But there was a, I got a ton of like random celebrities or people that had like big followings on Twitter that would just tweet about it and say, you know, they thought it was cool. Okay. So like what kind of, what, what celebs are we talking about? Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeff Epstein, who do we got? We, d- we got <laughs> Jeff, Jeff loved it. Jeff played at the <laughs> Island a lot. I heard Epstein put it on a, all of his playlists. <laughs> 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 nah, it was like it was Kanye, it was Justin Timberlake, it was like Alicia Keys. Oh shit! Um, Snoop was a big one for sure too. People like the one some man. There were so many really funny ones like Deepak Chopra for some reason was <laughs> oh. really into it. Damn, that's sick! I didn't know that. So that so that really helped. That really helped. That that really moved the needle at the time. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it was just like, I don't know, that, then the heart-shaped vinyl. Who's, whose idea was the heart-shaped vinyl? Was that yours or was that Stone's Throw? Stone's Throw didn't want to do that. They're like, bitch, it's going to cost a lot more money than a regular 7-inch. We ain't, we ain't sure about all this yet. Deepak ain't enough for us. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. when I So I came up with the idea for it, and I was like, kind of brought it up like sheepishly in a meeting like, oh, you know, like there's no way these guys will ever go for it because it would just be so outrageously cost prohibitive, mm-hmm. and they were cool enough to do it. They really believed in it, and they did it. They still haven't made a profit on the record. Yeah, they have. De- yeah, they've definitely not made a profit. Yeah, they, they're still they're still trying to make a profit on that on that vinyl. Right, probably. But that single man that we sold a lot of copies of that vinyl. I mean, it was very cool. I mean, we, you know, Jason and I grew up listening to hardcore and stuff where, where I, you know, I remember buying a, a, a 10 inch record that was shaped like a buzzsaw, you know, like when I was in high school. So to, to see, to see, I, I'd never seen that kind of stuff applied to another genre of music is what I'm trying to say. Like I'd only seen the craziest vinyl be hardcore exclusive or punk exclusively. Right. I had a, I mean, I'm a, a huge vinyl dork. So I had a few, yeah, I had one that was like, um, it was like a, one was a Diana Ross and Marvin Gaye one that was like on a heart that was from Motown back in the day. Mm. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, nobody has done this in 50 years or something. So let's try it. Let's do it again. So are you still, are you still collecting a lot of vinyl? I, uh, man, the pandemic has just been like the worst thing ever for my vinyl spending habit. Yeah. I mean, I've been just letting the chopper spray on Discogs, <laughs> j- just like <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. raining. I mean, every day there's like three boxes of records that show up at the door. It's crazy. If I don't get a package, if I don't give a package every day, I feel bad for myself. What's our grail? What's the grail you have over there? What's 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 your highest dollar, most prized possession vinyl? Oh God, that's like mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what I've gotten recently. Um, it's like asking somebody who's your favorite kid. You know, it's tough. Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's just there's a 
there's an LP from a this group called We W E E that's been it's been reissued now and it's on Spotify and you can check it out and it's like one of the most incredible records ever recorded. It's called mm. You Can Fly on My You Can Fly on My Aeroplane. Okay. Damn, that's sick. But now is that something people are buying because it's like it's like a famous sample and shit, or it's just that good and that hard to find. I don't know if that one has actually been like famously sampled. It should be if it hasn't been, but um, it's impossibly rare in like a first edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, yeah. And it's just insanely good. It's really good. And it has a great, it has great artwork. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like the total, the total I like that. I like combo. that it's not I, I'm not a vinyl head, but I always assumed the highest price were obviously just based on people's emotions and samples. <laughs> like if it's been sampled famously or it contains the the famous sample, then that's Yeah, what it's cool want, that but. something is so expensive and sought after simply because it's just really good. Just because it's good. Yeah, there's there's another like a gospel thing. I've been listening to a lot of gospel music lately. Mm. Um it's like I love Kanye then, West too, man. That's cool. That's cool. That you're Sunday into service. That. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we love Sunday service. Some of the old, like some of the old, like soulful gospel stuff. I mean, you, I just have to like tune out the lyrics basically, and like that sometimes that's really tough. But the the musicians are always like the greatest players in the world. So some of it is so good. There's an there's an an enormous amount of absolutely terrible gospel records. Oh yeah. Like most of most of them are so unlistenably bad. But the ones that are really good, like there's this one f- from a group called the Supreme Jubilees. Sounds like a dessert that your girl's going to make tonight. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. That would that she baby, you need to you need to work on the Supreme Jubilee recipe. <laughs> What is the what's the vinyl storage solution? Are you having custom shelving built? Are you is your vinyl weigh a fucking ton? How do you store I, it? I did have to have custom shelves made for the at the new house here, yeah. That's, but that was like one of that was one of the amazing things about like so when we we bought this house um the previous owner lived here for like 40 plus years and had never so much as like changed a furnace filter. I mean, he Damn. He didn't do anything, so it wasn't like a. He didn't, didn't even take the trash ha- out. Yeah, didn't have like a shitty um, Wayfair remodel situation going on, <laughs> which which we I I loved because it uh, we really got to like design everything from scratch and re- remodel it. That's cool. Exactly how we wanted it, and I got yeah, I got my little dream vinyl corner of the room here where i get you know i mean it's really like fantasy land shit that i just got to design and build it's awesome i love that your i love that your man cave is just records jason's is like you know weird budweiser fixtures from Publix. he's got <laughs> screw you man a couple flat screens he's got a weird he's got like tommy lee on cribs he's got his own starbucks in his man in his man cave it's really it's it's something to see and the jaeger of course you got the jaeger on tap mm, it's it's uh, it's always ice cold it's always ice cold. <laughs> Jaeger, Jaeger Hawthorne. How much is that? Is that is that record that we that we record mint going for nowadays on Discogs? The we man. If you can find an original copy of we, it's probably probably set you back a rack. No. Okay. Woo! That's a pair of shoes, bro. 
it's gotten really, really insane in the past five years, I'd say. It's just like the cur the exponential curve of mm-hmm. the value of vintage vinyl is really insane. I I mean it's 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 blowing me away every day. I mean well, the same the same amount of records are always going to be there, and there's just going to be more and more people who want them as time goes on. So, right, they sense. can't make any more of the old ones. Do I you mean, think this is ever really... going to? I think this is something I think about. Do you think this is ever going to happen with with cassettes or CDs? I mean, obviously not to the extent that vinyl has gone, but I mean at least somewhat. It's already happening. Okay, for sure. With man, I my, really? J- Jake used to go. I used to clown on Jake. He would go into Amoeba and. He would come out with a bunch of rare CDs. <laughs> and I would be like, dog, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, sure. And he'd be like, yo, he, but he was on it early. I mean, there's CDs now. Yeah. That are, that are crazy expensive and rare. Rare CDs. Yeah. Damn. I wonder if I have any rare CDs in my collection. Probably. I get Jason it, that, that, that your 311 discography is probably not worth that much. Yeah. My, the, am, the amber packaging is unsealed though. The 311 CD is probably not worth that much, but the, <laughs> but n- n- what, who are the guys? Nick and somebody? Peanut is on bass. Peanut. Peanut. Peanut's <laughs> brother's band that recorded a thing in the garage. That That's the thing that was wor- mm. that will be worth a lot of money. Got it, got it, got Damn. it. Damn. I need to start copping some CDs on eBay then, because I mean that's I, I that's my generation. Vinyl's just too heavy and cumbersome for me. Yeah, you know, you can listen to you can listen to CDs and the whip. You already know. You already know the Prelude got a six disc changer. So, man, you've been listening to this podcast. Yeah, first time, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a yeah, I've enjoyed it. I'm a bit of a goner. <laughs> oh, she's she's a goner. Mm-mm-mm. Well, Hawthorne, thanks for doing this. Thanks for potting with us. It's Chief. a pleasure, bro. It's a pleasure. Man, thank and, you guys so and much. And yeah, for you are me. you are you are taking the title as best dressed guest so far. Best Zoom background. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, best green screen. I am I am impressed. So album album in stores now. Uh yeah, the new album Rare Changes is at. Sam Goody lo- music land locations <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't stream it. Buy it on CD. Yeah, cop the yeah. cop the vinyl from mayorhawthorne.com. Okay, we can do that. Cop the vinyl, Mayor Hawthorne. It's a pleasure, guys. Go explore his catalog. Um, just you know, if 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 you don't think the DSPs are paying him enough, you can Venmo him directly. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good vinyl collection and you uh you know are hard up for cash, hit him up on Discogs. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> Happy New Year, gentlemen. All right, buddy. Happy New Year to you, too, as well. We'll talk to you soon. Later. All right. Peace, dog.